This is Contra Radio Network, internet radio for the discerning prepper and patriot. At Stag Arms, there is no weak side. Our rifles are 100% American-made, including each and every part assembled. We aim to provide recreational shooters, law enforcement officers, hunters, and professional shooters with super quality and competitively priced rifles. Every rifle shipped is built to order. Check out Stag Arms now. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Stag Arms banner. So are you tired of being tired? Well, then it's time to get the tea. Hey, it's Lisa here to tell you about this all-natural, all-organic tea I've been drinking that has had great results for over 20 years. It's called Life Change Tea, and it's specially formulated to help detoxify and cleanse your kidneys, liver, colon, and blood all at once. The colon is one of the most ignored organs in the human body. The faster that waste is eliminated from the body, the less time that waste sits in our intestines, spreading toxins to our bloodstream. This tea helps cleanse chemicals caused by outside intruders from our entire digestive system. And get this, weight loss can be a side effect. And with continued use of the tea, you can experience clear, healthier, younger-looking skin, increased energy, and a happier outlook on life. So if you're tired of being tired, get the Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. And like me, you'll be glad you did. Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. And hello again, John Jeffers here on the Jeffers Brief here on Contra Radio Network. I wanted to hold off a couple days to see what was going to become of this. And... I'm not talking about the impeachment, the sham impeachment. You know what? All I'm going to tell you about <laughs> is this. Um, Wednesday night, this is how, how serious the Democrat senators are taking this. It has been reported that uh, many people are becoming aware the Senate impeachment trial is an exercise in politics, nothing more which we are well aware of. We know that. We're not surprised by it. We, we aren't. And the votes are already decided. The trial is simply a pantomime. And to highlight the point, Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein, the ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, simply walked out during the trial when Adam Schiff was testifying, said goodnight, and just went home. <laughs> So there you have it. That's how serious they're taking it. But you already know that. Now, um, to tell you what I'm thinking about is this. Um, I'm more concerned about the coronavirus, the new coronavirus. And I wasn't too concerned about it till last night. Now, when I say concerned, I'm talking about uh, 
keeping an eye on it, noticing it. As we used to say in court, taking a judicial notice of it. You know, be aware of it, so to speak. And then news broke late yesterday evening that the Chinese city of Wuhan is on lockdown. They're locking the city of Wuhan down. That's the city with a population of about 11 million people, which means it's slightly smaller than the city of Chicago. Now, in order for them to be successful in their quarantine, the Chinese government, they are going to have to mobilize their military and literally surround the city. And that's not going to be enough. If you want the quarantine to be effective, you're going to have to be ruthlessly strict with it. You're saying, John, what do you mean by being ruthlessly strict? Anybody found trying to breach the quarantine will be shot on sight and killed. It's not going to be like it would be over here where, oh, you caught me. Okay, I'll go back. No, because the bottom line is truly this, my friends. If they did it once, they're going to do it again. And they're going to keep doing it. Am I saying it's right? It's not for me to say. I'm not a, I'm not from China. I don't have Chinese citizenship. That's for the people of China to decide, not me. And then, it, and I'm talking to Terry, who is, shall we say, somewhere other than home right now. I let him know. I said, hey, man, I let him know this morning, Thursday morning, this this Thursday. I said, hey, man, the Chinese just put two more cities on lockdown. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce the names because I'll massacre the names. I know that. But I can tell you is one of the cities has a population of 8 million. And the other city has a population of just about a million. So roughly speaking, they've put 20 million people on lockdown. You know, and Terry and I were talking about, we said, you know, what is it? It seems that a lot of the stuff is coming from China. And I said, my response was, they have a billion people there. Guess what? Something's bound to mutate and get out and be bad. And then I went over to a Gateway Pundit, and Gateway Pundit is talking about Bat soup. You heard me. You know, the animal bat looks like a, a, a mouse with wings, the things that fly around in the dusk and the dark. Yeah, bat soup. They've been eating that. And there's also a, a venomous snake that's prevalent over there in central China. They've been eating that. Now, look, I get it. When you're hungry, you're going to eat anything. I get it. I understand it. But there are some things we're not supposed to eat. And the bats, by the way, they keep the coronavirus. It's natural to them. They keep it within their systems. What did you think was going to happen? I don't I'm just telling you. Look, you don't believe me. I will do this. I will post this, that story, so you can see. Because I'm not making this up. I can't make it up. I can't. I'm not that creative. I'm really not. 
So I will post the story on the Contra Radio Network Facebook page. It's a closed group. Apply for permission to join. You'll be approved. And I'll also put it on my mumblet.com page. If you don't believe me, read it for yourself. Now, there have been some people that have commented they've had bat soup, and it's really good. You know what? That's fine. I'm glad you found it tasty. I, for one, will not be trying bat soup unless I'm starving. And if it's a choice between bat soup and the coronavirus, or perhaps being a cannibal and eating another human being, I may choose the human being. Give me a hunk of that tricep. I can't get enough. Just saying. Thank God I was born in America. I'm not saying you shouldn't eat bats. I'm saying it's a probably a not real good idea. But, if you want to eat a bat, have at it. Good luck. Let me know how it works out for you. Now, as I was speaking, it's come across... There has been a, oh shoot, where is it? A passenger at LAX has just been detained and put into quarantine. He has what they call disturbing symptoms. Disturbing symptoms. He's now in quarantine. Just happened half hour ago. Letting you know about it. Now, as preppers, during the next segment or so, um, we are going to talk about surviving a pandemic or a disease outbreak. Now today, the World Health Organization is debating whether or not to declare a global emergency. You heard me right. Debating a global emergency. And when we come back, I want, to, I want to tell you about the symptoms and why you got to keep an eye on it. Look, we're preppers. And if you're not prepping, you're a moron. You probably deserve to die with the rest of the scumbags. I said it. It's out there. You deserve like the cockroach you are. If you don't want to prep and if you think you're going to prep off somebody else's supplies, guess what? <clears throat> Way wrong answer. But that's what I think. And no one really gives a damn about what I think. And I sure as hell don't want you to think something because I said so. I want you to think something because you thought it's a good idea. You thought it through. That's what I'm talking about. Now, uh, you know, something we need to talk about, Virginia legislature has decided that they're going to pass the red flag laws anyways, they don't care. Now, I know this sounds simple, and I'm sure many people in Virginia have thought of this, and I don't know the ramifications or how it would work or how it does work. I don't know. I'm telling you that now. I'm ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. Ignorant means uninformed. However, I would say this, my friends. Perhaps it's time for a re, for the 
citizens of Virginia to do a recall vote. They need to do a recall vote on the governor, do a recall vote on particular legislators in their assembly house because not all, of, you know, some of those Democrats that are elected do come from blue districts. They might be a plus 25, a plus 15 uh, Democrat. You're not going to be able to get them out of there on a recall. But what you can do for the rest of them is this. Look, 2020 is coming up, right? General election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make them spend more money on a recall election. Make them spend more of their money. Their backers spend money to give to those people they want to still stay in office. Make them spend more money now so they can't spend a lot more later on. That's what I'm thinking. All right, look, we're coming up to the uh, uh, end of segment one. That's okay. We're going to come back. We are going to do, my friends, we're going to talk about the pandemic and what you can do and everything else. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Life is unpredictable, but you can count on Valley Food Storage to help you and your family prepare. With clean, natural, great tasting, and long-lasting food storage, with our natural and nutritious freeze-dried food, you'll be storing the food you love to eat. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Valley Food Storage banner. Proper has made tactical gear with a purpose for over 50 years since their first U.S. Navy contract in 1967. Today, Proper designs and manufactures professional-level tactical apparel and gear for military, law enforcement, and public safety professionals and civilians, whether in the service, on the job, or off for the weekend. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Proper banner now. Welcome back to segment two. I'm John Jeffers. This is the Jeffers Brief. Brand new this morning, China expanding citywide quarantines as the first confirmed case of a deadly virus is treated right here in America. Three cities now under lockdown in China amid fears travelers celebrating the Lunar New Year could spread the coronavirus. Our correspondent, Jonathan Seri, is live in Atlanta, where the CDC is investigating this outbreak. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Ed. These additional quarantine measures involve suspending public transportation and closing movie theaters and other large public venues to... All right. I hope that came across. If it didn't, I'd be really angry. All right. Anyways, as I told you, we're going to talk about... They're almost, look, something that's just coming across 
and it's it's starting to spread. People are starting to get a little crazy about it right now. As we're doing the show. Now, the coronavirus presents like a pneumonia-like illness. Oh, what's that? All right, it looks like they got suspected coronavirus patients in Scotland that are being tested. However, the World Health Organization 24 minutes ago has come out and said that China's coronavirus is too early for an emergency declaration because they spent two days assessing information about the spread of the newly identified coronavirus. Also, about an hour ago, Chinese coronavirus in Quebec, they have five people under observation in the Canadian province. And of course, you heard about the, uh, what? Oh, no. Okay, no, that, okay, no, 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 no. That's a very poor written, poorly written headline. You go, what? No, all right. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Dr. Oz, you know, he is what he is. And he said something very interesting, and I think it's probably very true. He said that the Chinese government quarantined the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak. He said that such a virus is hard to contain once it begins to spread from person to person. So you can't really wall it in. This thing is going. If you're on a plane with somebody who has it, which you had one person, now you say you've got 300 people have been exposed to it. Not they have it, they've been exposed to it, two different things. And something that they're starting to uh, figure out, my friends, and this is kind of scary. You know, with pneumonia, usually you have a fever or something, right? Apparently it's mutated. And I've been watching this. It's like, okay, what is all this about? And what I want to... Sh- let me find it because it's. I think it's important for you to understand it. Fox News alert, brand new this morning. Yes, 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 we heard you. Thank you. Um... It was that it looks like, here we go. It says, one epidemiologist told the New York Times that the information released could have seen as reassuring because the majority of fatal cases are elderly and or have a chronic disease that would increase their susceptibility to infectious diseases. However, several of the people who died did not have symptoms of fever when they first sought treatment. Now, this could potentially complicate global health screening initiatives for travelers. If this virus can be transmitted without causing fever, then it's easier for the infection to travel globally because it can simply stay under the radar for a while. And that is from Ramanan Laxmanaran, director of the Center for Disease Dynamics, Economics, and Policy in D.C., So, I, I don't know. What to, I'm just telling you what, what we got working here, boys and girls. Just telling you. So, Mike. So now you want to know. Oh, what do we? Where do we start? Let's start with this. Surviving a pandemic or a disease outbreak. Thank you to SHTF Preparedness for letting me use this. I appreciate it. 
Now this was written when? Uh, it may be a bit dated, but it makes no difference because the precautions are the same. Now the pandemic diseases have been in the news the past several years even. You know, we got the two strains of influenza, those H1N1 and H5N1, and the most likely to evolve into forms deadly to human beings. In fact, it was a mutated H1N1 virus that caused the great pandemic of 1918, one that proved fatal to millions around the world. However, there are other infectious diseases that give health officials and government leaders chronic insomnia. And, we, and you know what those are. Smallpox and Ebola. Now, a pandemic is not a matter of if, but rather when. And no matter the actual causative organism, any pandemic would likely impact our global society in very specific ways. Now, the good news is nearly any type of infectious disease can be contained, controlled, and prevented using some common techniques. Experts are quick to point out that a large-scale pandemic would overwhelm the healthcare delivery system quickly. Some mutated flu viruses, such as H1N1 and H5N1, cause respiratory collapse on a large number of victims, making the use of the respirators imperative in saving lives. Unfortunately, the total number of hospital respirators in the entire U.S. was approximately only 100,000 only a few years ago, and most were in use in the treatment of acute medical conditions. During a flu pandemic, a triage system would be in place. If you're elderly or suffer from a severe chronic disease, your chances of surviving a pandemic are minimal. It's rather obvious the best way to survive is to avoid getting sick, and the easiest way to avoid that is to be in the presence of sick people. Federal and state governments are likely to put quarantines in place more completely, more politely called social distancing. These would be put in effect through a step-up system, starting perhaps with a ban on visitors to hospital rooms, escalating to school enclosures, ending with a moratorium on public gatherings until the pandemic had abated. Now, basic survival steps for a family would include laying in a supply of over-the-counter medications, such as acetaminophen and ibuprofen, rehydration drinks like Gatorade and cough suppressants like Robitussin. Other good home nursing items include a fever thermometer, rubbing alcohol, disposable tissues, and toilet tissue. These are supportive care measures and are likely to benefit a patient more than the antibiotics of little use in treating a viral disease. Remember, antibiotics don't treat viruses. There is nothing to cure a virus. All right. A severe pandemic is likely going to cause disruptions of public utility as, as workers become sick or stay home to nurse family members. So for this reason, including alternate power options and a home preparedness plan is advisable. Deep cycle batteries charged by a generator or running vehicle, solar panels, propane heaters, and battery-operated lanterns and radios are all good additions to a preparedness plan. Now, the gear to survive a pandemic or an outbreak. This is important. You will need a lot of water in a pandemic. Be sure you have ways to filter and purify water. A life straw is perfect and lightweight, can be taken anywhere. Also, I wouldn't rely on water being available all the time. So have water stored just in case. 
An Aquatainer 7-gallon rigid water container is perfect for this job. Liquid bleach or pool shock to disinfect and sanitize everything. Recommend about 5 gallons per person per household. A couple of boxes of exam gloves per person. Suggest a variety of sizes, small, medium, and large. Antibacterial soap with benzothenium chloride. A quality N95 respirator with valve or better yet N99 mask. Large roll of clear 4 mil plastic and thick strong duct tape for setting up an isolation room. At least 10 Tyvek family suit assortments, medium, large, and extra large. It would also be best to have one suit per day. Heavy-duty black 3 mil black, uh, garbage bags per person. Professional face shield and eye protection. Toilet rolls. You'll need a lot of these. And hand sanitizer. Though all the above gear can be prevented uh, spreading of an outbreak, diseases and viruses can and always still be spread no matter how careful and precise you are. Always practice a pandemic drill. Best to know the advice. And that is do not panic. Panic causes mistakes. Mistakes leads to death. Do you get it? Do you understand it? Oh, you guys are killing me here. You're making me do things. All right. What else have we got coming up? Uh, interestingly enough, let's check this out. You might We might find it somewhat interesting, I think. All right. Here you go. Listen up. The World Health Organization set to deliberate the next steps in containing the deadly spread of the coronavirus as the death toll nearly doubles in less than a day. Joining us now is disease expert, infectious disease expert, Dr. Amish Adulja. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us on this important topic. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. To start, can you tell us what this is and what people need to know about it? What do we need to look out for? So coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that cause about one quarter of our common colds. But All right, we'll be right back. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to I'm not going to rob you from it. We're going to be right back on this, okay? At Stag Arms, there is no weak side. Our rifles are 100% American-made, including each and every part assembled. We aim to provide recreational shooters, law enforcement officers, hunters, and professional shooters with super quality and competitively priced rifles. Every rifle shipped is built to order. Check out Stag Arms now. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Stag Arms banner. This is the Contra Radio Network, CRN for all the right reasons. Black Metal Firearms are a couple guys I know personally and friends of mine that put together some great accessories 
for all your firearms needs. Everything that I've seen them do is just top-notch and very nice looking. BlackMetalFirearms.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Go to Facebook, Black Metal Firearms. they got a great page there, too. Learn more about the workmanship and the craftsmanship they put into every accessory and every build they do. sinister members of the family, SARS and MERS, which have the ability to cause severe disease. And what's happened in China is around the end of last year, they discovered a novel coronavirus making people sick, one that hadn't infected humans before. And it immediately sparked concerns of another SARS type of outbreak because it was from the same family, it came from China, and there were reports of people that were being sick. And now we've got cases in several different countries, and we've got a lot of alarm going on in China with cities locked down and about 17 deaths. But there still are a lot of unanswered questions. Well, yeah, there are. 571 confirmed cases in China. One, as we know, here in the United States. How do people know if it's something like the coronavirus versus just your common cold? What are the symptoms? you don't know the difference because these viruses all cause very overlapping symptoms so fever cough shortness of breath sore throat things that are really indistinguishable from the flu and right now we're in the midst of a big flu season so it is difficult especially in a place like china to be able to distinguish these and that's why it's taking some time for these cases to be uncovered uh, and it's a huge challenge so we know that uh, there are multiple airports in the United States that are doing screenings for these symptoms, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, O'Hare, JFK, Atlanta International. Doctor, I want to take you back about 10 years. I have a personal story, not about coronavirus, but I'm curious if this is going to be what people could experience similarly. So this was when the swine flu was a big deal. I was traveling to Cairo to Egypt with my brother. He had influenza A. He was already on Tamiflu being treated for it. We landed in Cairo and had to go through a screening process and that screener detected his temperature, his fever. And we were stripped of our passports in the Cairo airport and we essentially had no rights after that. We had to do what they said we had to do. So I don't know if this is at that level yet. Maybe it is, you can tell me otherwise, but is that how it would work for people, United States citizens who could be traveling to China and then to other countries. What should they expect when traveling? Hopefully not anything as bad as that kind of an experience, and I think it's going to vary from country to country. But what really this travel screening will do, at least in the United States and other countries like Australia, who, whose procedure I'm familiar with, is they're going to actually give people questionnaires, and then if people screen positive on those questionnaires, they get an exam. It's not just based on a thermal scan, because we know that these thermal scans can be inaccurate. We had, during the Ebola outbreak, we had a, a poor nurse that was stuck at Newark Airport in a tent uh, for some yeah. time. So that's not something we want to to repeat, but it's important to educate people that have been may have been in places where this virus is circulating so that if they do get symptoms after they go home because there is an incubation period that may be up to two two weeks so you may get sick later as this uh, patient in the state of Washington did so that you know who to call you know how to tell your doctors that you might have been exposed so that everything can get moving very quickly so you don't uh, put it, put yourself at risk or put anybody else at risk but hopefully these travel screenings will serve as an educational type of uh, 
safeguard that will get these cases identified if they do appear in the United States. But some places, some countries may do it differently, and it may be draconian. Absolutely. And if you're traveling, always a good idea to have the number for the U.S. Embassy in the country you're traveling. And I'm sure you can reiterate it is important to make sure you wash your hands. Right. That's the best way to prevent yourself from getting any infectious diseases. Good hand hygiene. All right, doctor. Thank you so much for joining us. There you go. Now you, there. They did it for me. Now you know what to expect. That is, you're not going to know. Because it mimics so much of something, you know, of the common cold or flu. You're not going to know until you've been tested. And generally by that time, oh, by that time, you know, the reporter said that he was being treated by Tamiflu. Guess what? No. Tamiflu does not cure or stop the influenza virus. All it does is alleviate the symptoms. It makes you feel better faster, but you still you're still raging with the virus. All right. So don't don't get confused on that, my friends. Don't let that happen. What are we talking about here? All right. <clears throat> uh, American Survival Guide about unseen threats surviving a pandemic. This is important. Now, nobody knows for sure where mass-killing viruses originate. They appear suddenly around the world without warning. Theories from scientists and historians can vary greatly. For example, the Spanish flu, which killed around 30 million people in 1919, had been attributed to Chinese laborers, French birds, and pigs from Kansas. Regardless of its origin, it was spread easily and rapidly by World War I troops traveling all over the planet. Early reports of the illness in late 1917 from the front lines in France and Germany were suppressed by the Axis and Allies to the extent that only neutral Spain allowed news coverage of this new disease, hence the nickname, the Spanish Flu. It has been cited as the most devastating epidemic in recorded world history. So where does a pandemic start? Deadly viruses are unpredictable, sometimes lying dormant for months or years without causing illness. Or they unexpectedly mutate, change form into a new unfamiliar version that scientists haven't seen, meaning there's no vaccine. Maybe the new version transmits in a new way, such as through the air instead of only through bodily fluids, causing extra concern for alarm. Or the virus doesn't respond to medication. Diseases sometimes prey on the immune system of perfectly healthy people, the prime gene pool, instead of the sick, the young, or the elderly. Consider the swine flu, first detected in the U.S. in April of 2009, and a 10-year-old patient in California, thought to have originated in Veracruz, Mexico, and contained there. The strain of this virus had never been before been detected in humans. According to the CDC, in, uh, in a one-year time span, the pandemic caused approximately 60.8 million infections, 274,304 hospitalizations, and 12,469 deaths in the U.S. alone. Do you remember that? Let's talk a bit about biowarfare. This is important. You know, the United States 
has been the host of more than a few acts of bioterrorism starting in the 1700s, with blankets given to the Native Americans that were infected with smallpox. During the Rajneeshi Bioterrorism Act of 1984, uh, salad bars and 10 restaurants in Oregon were contaminated with salmonella by followers of the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, sickening 751 people and hospitalizing 46. The CDC, in conjunction with the U.S. military, spends an inordinate amount of time discussing potential bioterrorism plots and scenarios. Because of their ability for widespread illness and death, they have labeled the most threatening viruses and bacteria as Category A agents. They include smallpox, anthrax, plague, botulism, uh, never heard of this one, tularemia, VHF, viral hemorrhagic fevers, VE, viral encephalitis, Q fever, brucellosis, glanders, meliodosis, cytokosis, ricin typhus, cholera, and shingolosis. I'm sure I massacred a few of those names. It's all right. The first six listed are the most likely to be used by terrorists and pose the greatest potential public impact with mass casualties, according to the CDC. Again, those first six, smallpox, anthrax, plague, botulism, telomeria, viral hemorrhagic fever, and viral encephalitis. How do you stay healthy? Well, the best practice to preventing spreading any number of diseases, viruses, and bacteria that can get you seriously ill is to practice good hygiene and a healthy lifestyle. Guess what? Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. I, myself, during the cold and flu season, I won't shake hands with anybody. I won't. If, when I go to the store, I grab one of those little disinfectant wipes before, before I get the cart. Wipe it down. Wipe my hands down. Throw it away. If I touch a door and there's no other way to get a, you know, without using any uh, disinfectant or whatnot or sanitizer, I try to grab it or push it or pull it from an area where it's least likely somebody's been grabbing there. Look, you got to protect yourself. And I don't shake hands either. Went to the bank yesterday, said I want to shake hands. I said, sorry, cold and flu season. I just don't do that. They go, oh, thank God. Somebody else thinks like I do. There are more people out there that think like that. But because of social norms, they're afraid to say, I don't want to shake hands with you. You're a disease-ridden monster. I don't know where your hands have been, and you don't know where mine have been. Why do you want to touch them? No. All right. You get the idea. So with mass transit, high-rise office buildings, and enclosed ventilation systems, and masses of people living tightly packed in urban areas, today's world makes it difficult to remain germ-free. But experts have a few recommendations to, of course, to help reduce your chance of contracting infection. This is important. You think of hand washing as a survival skill, which is why you should always keep a bar of soap in your bob or emergency kit. Keep your hands and face clean by washing them frequently and be con conscious of the things you touch. Don't touch your eyes, nose, or mouth with unwashed hands, you dirty pig boy, you!
You follow me? You with me on it? All right. We'll clear this when we get right back. Give me a minute. We got to take a break. All right. Be right back. Life is unpredictable, but you can count on Valley Food Storage to help you and your family prepare. With clean, natural, great tasting, and long-lasting food storage, with our natural and nutritious freeze-dried food, you'll be storing the food you love to eat. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Valley Food Storage banner. At Stag Arms, there is no weak side. Our rifles are 100% American-made, including each and every part assembled. We aim to provide recreational shooters, law enforcement officers, hunters, and professional shooters with super quality and competitively priced rifles. Every rifle shipped is built to order. Check out Stag Arms now. Log on to ContraRadioNetwork.com and click on the Stag Arms banner. All right, welcome back to our final segment here. On the Jeffers Brief, finish this up. I got some more information I want to get out to you. All right. Where was I? Unseen threats. Yes. All right. So, like I was saying, wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. I don't care what you do. Keep yourself clean, you pig, you. Keep covered. Any cuts or scrapes, avoid touching other people who have injuries. Don't share personal items like makeup, towels, razors, tooth... Who the hell would share a toothbrush? That is so disgusting. And combs. Don't share food. Take a shower after swimming, especially if you've been swimming in a lake, river, or ocean. According to the CDC, uh, Staphylococcus is shed by individuals into the waters. And if you do go into these waters, you are likely to be exposed. It's important to keep the immune system as healthy as possible. To do so means you need to get plenty of exercise, eat well-balanced meals, get plenty of rest, sleep. Don't subject yourself to big temperature swings. Keep your environment clean. It is almost as important as keeping yourself clean. Wash and dry all clothing and bed sheets regularly with hot water. Wipe down frequently touched surfaces like tables, countertops with a disinfectant, and always prepare food on a clean surface when possible. Oh, okay. Well, this is coming. All right, got it. This is coming through now. I told you earlier about the the World Health Organization says China's coronavirus is too early for emergency declaration. Details are coming out now, guys, boys and girls. I want to share it with you now. It says the United Nations Health Agency based the decision after independent experts spent two days assessing information about the spread of the newly identified coronavirus. Quote, it's too early to consider this as a public health emergency of international concern. End quote. Didier Hussein, the chair of the Emergency Advisory Committee, said, noting, this is important, boys and girls, that the panel was very divided, almost 50-50.
who defines a global emergency as an extraordinary event that constitutes a risk to other countries and requires a coordinated international response. Previous global emergencies have been declared for the emergence of the Zika virus in the Americas, the swine flu pandemic, and polio. A declaration of global emergency typically brings greater money and resources, but may also prompt nervous foreign governments to restrict travel and trade to affected countries. Well, duh! Deciding whether an outbreak amounts to an international crisis, therefore, can also be politically fraught. Now, in 2014, the World Health Organization resisted declaring the devastating Ebola epidemic in West Africa to be a global emergency because it feared the announcement would anger uh, Guinea, Liberia, and Sierra Leone. You know what? Here on CRN, that was one of our, some of our first shows in 2014. Go back. Look in the archives. You'll see them there. Now, during a news conference in Geneva, Hussein uh, suggested that China's view of the outbreak was a factor in Thursday's decision. The perception of this declaration by the interna international community in the most affected country by the people struggling with the virus certainly has to be considered, he said. Now, hundreds of people are infected with new virus have fallen ill in China and 17 have died. The first cases appeared last month in Wuhan, an industrial transportation hub in central China. All right, that's so 50, 50, almost 50, 50, half of their experts don't agree with the too early for emergency declaration. Now you heard about 2014, that was only six years ago. Anyways, something you need to know too. For those of us that pay attention, the Chinese Ministry for Law and Justice put out a statement last night, and this is very interesting. Take it for what it's worth. The Chinese Ministry said, that they will not tolerate any official, lower government official, who hides or conceals any infections or diminishes the numbers of infections. They said basically, quote, they will be nailed to the pillar of eternal shame. To me, that sounds like the Chinese national, the CHICOM, the Chinese government, is telling them, they're, they're government officials, if we catch you doing this, we're putting you on the wall. You're not going to prison. Now, should you be concerned? Overly concerned? No. Should you be concerned? Yes. Should you be paying attention? Absolutely, you should be paying attention. And the space of 24 hours, three Chinese cities, they talked about this at the beginning of the show, have now gone on lockdown. Lockdown. Nobody goes in, nobody comes out. 
Only probably all people in and out are going to be health officials. That's it. Something to think about. Now, as a prepper, you should be f- paying attention all the time, anyways. You should. If you're not, why prep? Now, January 15th is when the word started getting out about. I'm gonna, hold on. You know what? I want to check that. I believe it was January 15th is when it started leaking out that there was um, a problem in China. Yeah, January 15th. Headline, possible mystery virus in China could spread between humans, officials say. Let's see if there's anything before that. Yes, there is. Oh, boy. All right, so it's like January 3rd. Here we are 20 days later. The headline is Mysterious Respiratory Illness Linked to China Food Market Sickens at least 44, officials say. At least 44 have been sickened with 11 critical and additional 121 who came into contact with those patients are under observation. That was on January 3rd. That's when it first started breaking. Here we are 20 days later. Yes, I know. I bring you good information. I guess you have to... I want you to do this because I'm running out... You know what? Screw this. I'm not going to go with my norm. I'm going to go longer. I'm going to go longer on the show because we have to get this information out there. I want you to have it. All right? So bear with me. We may go a little bit longer. Yeah. In fact, we're going to. Screw them. No, I can't. Damn it. Sometimes I don't like the new. Even I have to obey some of the uh, rules that the broadcast director... Donald Lowry put into effect. So, all right. Anyways, we were talking about the bio warfare, about staying healthy. We talked about um, getting prepared. You know, in your kit, you should assemble items specifically geared toward a chemical or biological toxins, including such things as a particulate mask to filter out any airborne germs, latex glove, plastic sheets duct tape to seal windows, air vents, doors, and plenty of chemical cleaning agents, bleach, antibacterial soap, disposable wipes. Consider a gas mask that completely covers the face, mouth, nose, eyes, and monitor the radio airwaves. So how do you maintain your preparedness? In the pandemic, it's prolonged. It's a good idea to plan for a complete societal breakdown. Sick people aren't going to be at work, and those who aren't sick will be frightened to risk exposing themselves. So they will stay away as well. If you're well prepared, your family will be able to live comfortably at home without having to expose yourselves to other people for long periods of time. So if you live in a less populated rural area, that's that's better than living in the cramped, you know, in the cities and the suburbs. Install alternative power sources in your home such as solar panels or shingles. Store several battery-operated lanterns. Consider having a propane heater and tank on site. Store a radio with extra batteries in order to listen to news updates. Should you stay or should you go? The eternal question. 
Is the threat real? Superbugs are real. So is the threat of bioterrorism, dealing with biological agents, whether they are natural occurrences, freaks of nature, or introduced by people seeking to do harm is a difficult task. So if you want to survive a coming epidemic or pandemic, you should make sure your preparations are thorough and complete. That's it, boys and girls. That's all there is to it. Am I sounding the alarm? Yes. Am I saying, you know, go to general quarters? No. What I'm saying is be prepared. Start watching. Start paying attention. That's what I'm telling you. Now, this show is heard all around the planet. Watch your local, don't watch your local news. You're going to have to go to alternate news sources. Because remember, the government's going to give you the information they want you to have. You better be prepared to find other guides of information that won't be put out by the government. And watch out for the conspiracy theorists out there. you got to deal with facts. you got to, don't panic. Keep your intellect strong. Think about things. Keep your reasoning faculties high. I'm John Jeffers saying thank you for listening to me this week on the Jeffers Brief. We'll see you next week. Until then, have a good one. Be prepared.